Turn with me to Psalm chapter 119, and we're going to read the whole psalm. No, just kidding. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to begin in verse 49. Uh, um, God's Word is a really powerful thing. Uh, recently, uh, just been a couple years ago, uh, a lady from my dad's church uh, had shared that she was in the Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, she had been reading the Scripture in her and just in her private life, and she was reading the Book of Colossians. And it came down to her like a ton of bricks. Jesus is God. And it just blew her mind. And so she had been saved and had come into uh, the church there that, where dad uh, is pastoring. And uh, her life has been different and she has a new joy. You know, God's word just has a way of cutting through the lies in the, the falsehoods of this world. And uh, Paul said this, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God and the salvation of everyone that believes. Um, the Psalm 119 is, is written by a believer. I kind of think it's David. It's, it, the psalm is anonymous, but uh, I kind of think it's David because he has a love for praising God. He has a love for God's word. And David had a love for both of those things. But regardless, Psalm 119 is written by someone who's a believer. And the power of God's Word and how it had worked in his life as, as, he's, as he's sharing these things, uh, it was truly remarkable. And it, it's fitting the longest chapter in the Bible is a, a chapter about the power of the Word of God. And so um, we need to be in God's Word, but we also need to praise and thank God for this singular treasure that He has given to us in His Word. And uh, the title of my message is, The Blessings of God's Word. Look with me at verse 49 of Psalm 119. It says, Remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and find comfort. Rage seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instruction. Your statutes are the theme of my song during my earthly life. Lord, I remember your name in the night, and I obey your instruction. This is my practice. I obey your precepts. So whether he calls it precepts or instruction or judgment or statutes or whatever name he uses, all of these names refer to the Word of God. And uh, this is, this is what, he's, what he's talking about. So the blessings of God's Word. How does God bless us through his Word? Well, first of all, he brings us hope. He brings hope. He says, remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. Uh, if you've ever gone through a, a difficult season of life and you've opened the word of God, or perhaps 
you listened to a teacher or a preacher of God's Word who spoke from God's Word the exact message of hope that you needed at that time. Uh, what a blessing that is. When God's take, His Spirit takes His Word, applies it to our lives, and brings us hope. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures that, that bring us hope. God told Daniel in the time of their great trouble, He said the dead are going to rise and the righteous are going to shine like the stars forever and ever. <laughs> God took, gave Ezekiel a message of hope. He was living in the time of the captivity. God had sent the people away from the land, but God said, Ezekiel, even though my presence has departed from Jerusalem, I'm going to come back. I am going to once again bless Jerusalem with my favor. I'm going to bring the people back to the land. I'm going to give them a second chance. Hallelujah. Um, how about this? Uh, from Isaiah, he says, uh, Come, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. What a hope that we have. That the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us of our sin. And we have a hope in the future because of it. Um, John tells us that there's a place with no sorrow, no crying, no tears, no pain. Uh, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself. This is our hope. Um, I, I have some hiking trips planned for the new earth. Uh, and I'm going to check out all those jewels on the foundations, you know, that he talks about in Revelation. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, but the main attraction for me is going to be right there in the center of the city where God the Father and the Lamb are the light. And all the nations are coming there to praise. I, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. The greatest worship service, and we'll all sing on pitch. What is, how's that? <laughs> and uh, what an amazing time it's going to be. Um, this is our hope. This life is not all there is. And so the psalmist says, look, as I come to your word, I'm reminded that there is something more than this regular daily life that I'm living. And that is life found in the presence of God now but ultimately life forever uh, when Jesus comes. Um, he, he probably would have couched it in a little different terminology at this time in biblical history, but, but the hope is there. He says, so he brings hope. So we need to be in the Word of God so that God can restore our hope, encourage us in life, and, and we need to thank and praise Him for the hope that He's given us. So the blessings of God's Word, how does He bless us? He brings hope. Secondly, He brings comfort. Verse 50, he says, this is my comfort in my affliction. What does this refer to? His word. His word. This is my comfort. His word. In verse 52, he's talking about his judgments, and he says, and I comfort, literally, I comfort myself. I comfort myself through your word. When you are hurting, you can find comfort in the word of God. When you've been rejected. Uh, I can't help but think of Paul and Silas in the jail. You know, here they've been preaching the word of God. They've been persecuted. Now they're worshiping. Praise God. I mean, they're getting excited. They're, 
Uh, I don't know if they were dancing in there or if they had the energy to dance. They might not have. But uh, they are praising God and the presence of God just comes in the middle of that place and God shakes the place and the doors open up and the jailer gets saved and his family and all these things, great things happen. Um, but God comforted them. He was there, right there with them. In the prison. What was it that brought that comfort? They knew the word of God. They knew what Jesus had said. Rejoice when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For great is your reward in heaven. <laughs> and they were comforted by his promise. By his word. Uh, I love that scripture in Psalm 91 that says we are, as we seek the Lord in the secret place, we're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, if you're afraid, uh, this, this Psalm 27 tells us that uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He comforts us with that. So I throughout the throughout the scripture, I love Isaiah. He's he's given a message of judgment to the people in the first thirty-nine chapters. He gets to chapter forty, and the mood shifts. Why? Because God's going to restore His people. Yes, there's judgment that 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 was going to come. It was yet in the future from the time of Isaiah's prophecy, but when that judgment came, God had already prepared a word of comfort for His people. Isn't that awesome? Our problems never take God by surprise. Even our failures. And he already has the word of comfort prepared in advance. Comfort, comfort my people. That chapter 40 and 41 is great. Uh, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the comfort that God gave his people. Uh, So God's word brings comfort. Praise and thank him for the amazing blessing of his word. Uh, Maybe you've had a friend comfort you or a family member comfort you as you were struggling. What an amazing thing to have the God of the universe speak a word of comfort into your heart at exactly the time you need it. I can't, I can't think of how many times God has done that in my life and, and how the Spirit has even personalized that for me. As I'm reading a scripture, the Holy Spirit would touch my heart and just kind of say, that's for you. I mean, didn't, I didn't hear an audible voice, but just kind of assured me in my spirit that that was for me. That's my comfort for you. And that's the God that we serve. So praise and thank Him. Be in the Word of God so that you can receive the comfort that He has for your life. So the blessings of God's Word. He brings us hope. He brings comfort. Thirdly, He brings life. Verse 50 says, Your promise has given me life. That's true 
because it is the promises of God upon which we base our faith. Right? John 1.12 says, But to his, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. What about this? If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then pull down a few verses. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your promise gives me life. Hallelujah. I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen my dad lead to Christ with those verses. And I've led a few myself to the Lord with those verses. Why? Because your promise brings me life. But not just initial spiritual life, but he revitalizes us and brings abundant life through his word. Um, the, the gospel of John, uh, Jesus says, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. But you go to the epistle of 1 John. He says, we want your fellowship to be with us, and our fellowship is with God. And, and because of this, we have joy. You see, God's word helps us understand salvation so we can enter into relationship. But God's word also helps us relate to God and grow in our spiritual walk so that the sweetness and the, the wonderfulness of that relationship with God just keeps getting better and better and better. There's an old song in the 70s that if it keeps getting better and better, oh Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and and, and that's, that's true. The, the sweetness of fellowship with God, what a blessing that is. That is what eternal life is all about. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's about knowing him. And as that relationship grows, you can learn to walk in the abundant life. So he brings life through his word. Praise him and thank him for that and be in his word so that your spiritual abundant life can be restored. Then also he brings wisdom. He brings wisdom. Verse 52 says, Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and find comfort. The words judgment, or sometimes it's translated justice. Um, but uh, this is a word that describes the law of God. And in his law, there is wisdom. I, I, sometimes I'll look through, and of course we're not... A theocracy, we're not under the, the Old Testament law in that sense, but there is just some amazing wisdom in the law of God for how to run a country. Some of our politicians could learn something. <laughs> Come to the Word of God. and I, Listen, I believe that's one of the reasons America has been so blessed, because our forefathers tried to base our national life on the Word of God. And we've been so blessed because of it. Um, the wisdom, the judgments of God. What an amazing thing. But not just for national life, but also for personal life. What does the scripture say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We learn to 
seek God and the wisdom of seeking God, and we and we begin to um, pursue Him as the chief end of our life, we find out what wisdom is all about. God begins to open up His truth to us. Uh, my dad shared with me that uh, he was he was saved when he was 27 years old. And he said, you know, I used to open up the Bible, and he said, I just didn't understand it, and I didn't get anything out of it. And he said it really was kind of, it was, it just didn't, didn't do anything for me. He said, after I came to Christ, he said, it's like it opened up. And he said, for the first time, I was hearing from God <laughs> in the pages of Scripture. And he said it was completely different. Why? Because God had opened up his wisdom to him and he began to speak into his life. Um, the wisdom of God is, is such an amazing thing. The righteousness of God. Listen, the wise life is the righteous life, isn't it? I mean, um, people in the world will paint righteousness as something that, well, this is... This is just people who are who try to live a righteous life. They're just not having any fun. I had a, I, when I was working uh, in fast food. I had a guy one time tell me, "Say you're you're young." You, he's talking about sexual immorality. He said, "He said you need to to enjoy this while you can." <laughs> and in other words, he I told him I said I'm not doing this, and he said I'm a I said I'm a Christian. And I'm not doing this, and. He said, you need to enjoy this while you can. He, he had no clue. He thought I was missing out because I wasn't living a life of sin. But the opposite was true. <laughs> Through faith in Christ, he had changed my heart, and he'd opened up my heart to his wisdom. And uh, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Some, Jesus said there, there are those who, who, who seek to gain their life, and they lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. <laughs> See, that's spiritual wisdom. So God's Word opens up His wisdom to us so that we can, we can live a wise life and live in the blessings of a life lived according to His wisdom. Thank Him and praise Him for it. And get into God's Word so you can, you can be uh, benefiting from that. So he brings us hope. He brings comfort. He brings life. He brings wisdom. He brings joy. Verse 54. Your statutes are the theme of my song. I love that. He says, I, I read your word and I want to sing. I get excited. Matter of fact, if this is David, he may be saying, uh, I've taken your law and I put it to music, okay, <laughs> because I'm so excited about it. I want to sing about the greatness of who you are and what you've done and, and, and your truth and your, your holiness and your righteousness and your faithfulness. I'm just so excited about who you are, God. Where does he find that excitement? In the pages of scripture. Uh, I've heard people say, well, uh, you know, doctrine is just, it's just dry and it's just not, it's not beneficial. We just need to enjoy God. 
We don't need to worry about all this doctrine stuff. That is totally missing the mark. Because I'll tell you something. You, you can enjoy God without knowing a whole lot of doctrine. But the more doctrine you know, the more you're going to want to worship God. And the more you're going to delight in Him. Because as you learn who He is and the greatness of who He is and the awesomeness of what He has done, it just fills your heart with worship for Him. <laughs> it's amazing how songs I used to sing, I didn't have a clue what it meant. And I used to just go through the motions when I was a kid singing those songs, and I was lost, didn't know Christ. And, and now, all these years later, as I study the Word of God, it's infused with so much meaning, and it's so precious. This is what God does by teaching us His Word. He makes us into people who want to worship and praise His great name for all He's done. And He brings joy. Uh, The house of the wise is, is a place of joy. In Philippians, Paul tells them, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I meant to mention this this morning, but uh, C.S. Lewis, in, in his book uh, that he wrote shortly after he became a Christian, he said, he said, when I came to know Christ, he said, the sky seemed bluer, the flowers seemed more vivid, the birds sang more sweetly. He said, it changed every facet of my life. He said, it is, and I had uh, uh, Stephen Cole, when I was talking to him, shortly after, uh, after he was saved, he told me the same thing. He was sitting there, he said, he said it's like I just notice everything in a different way now. Uh, why is this? Well, because God infuses life with joy. When you're lost, you, God's blessed you and he's done good things for you, but you don't have the capacity to enjoy it the way he wants you to enjoy it because you don't know Christ. And when you know Christ, you have the chief source of joy, but then he also lets you enjoy the blessings he's given you in a greater and richer way. He's the source of joy. And so when you come to the Word of God, God will bring joy through His Word as He teaches you about the things of God, and they will become the theme of your song. You know, I like, I like different genres of music. Uh, I was talking with somebody who said, you like some of that wild-haired music, don't you? And uh, I said, well, I think I do. <laughs> but uh, I like different kinds of music and different, different genres, but... But I do like content in music. I wanted to have good content about the truth of who God is or the truth of what He's done so I can appreciate Him and worship Him uh, for these things as, as I sing. And that's what the Word of God does. It helps us with the content aspect. If you're coming up with music, it helps you have good content in your music. But also, if you're singing music, it helps you to recognize the significance of what is being said about the Lord. And you can have joy in it. I like that song, Redeemed, How I Love to Proclaim It, Redeemed by the Blood of the Lamb, Redeemed Through His Infinite Mercies, His Child, and Forever I Am. It's a great old hymn. 
But then I did a word study on redemption. And buddy, I, I tell you, I was ready to shout after looking at the different words of redemption because redemption means that Jesus paid the price. We've talked about that. He paid the price for my sin. That's a basic meaning of one of the words of redemption. But it also means he set me free. The word redemption was used when, when a slave would be bought out of slavery and set free. That's what Jesus did for me. I was in slavery to sin and to Satan, but Jesus set me free. Um, redemption was also something that, that he did to, uh, to help us partake in the best of what he had for us in life. Uh, you remember Boaz, the kinsman redeemer? Naomi and Ruth have, have been judged, basically. for Naomi and her family, they left Israel uh, and didn't consult God, just like Abraham did the same thing when he, when he went to Egypt. They, they instead went to Moab. And Naomi's two sons met two Moabite women and married them, which they weren't supposed to do. Ruth ended up benefiting from that, but but Naomi's husband and both of her sons died in Moab. And the implication is it was under the judgment of God. And Naomi comes back, and of course Ruth has shown her character, and she's She's tied herself to Naomi and everything, and they've come back to Israel. But Naomi's broken. And, and the word Naomi means pleasant. And the, the ladies in the town are excited. Oh, could this be Naomi? And Naomi said, don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara, bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life bitter. And and you wonder, what's going to happen with these two ladies? They're broken. Along comes the kinsman redeemer named Boaz. Boaz, of course, is a picture of Christ. And through Boaz, their family is restored. Their livelihood is restored. Their land is restored. Everything in their life is restored. And that's what Jesus does for us. He redeems the years the locust is eaten. And he gives us a hope and a future. He gives us beauty for ashes. That's what redemption's all about. When I sing redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, I get excited because of what Jesus has done. It brings me joy to think about the greatness of the heritage that I have. Where did I learn about that? I learned about it in the pages of Scripture. Praise His name. Look at verse 55. He says, Lord, I remember your name in the night. The name Yahweh, the great I Am. He's remembering this. So God blesses us. Not only does He bring hope and comfort and life and wisdom and joy, He brings awe. He's meditating on the name of Yahweh. What I think about it in the night watches, I consider what that means, that you are the great I am. 
Maybe he's remembering the plagues of Egypt or the, the passing through the Red Sea or the crossing of the Jordan or the manna and the water from the rock. And at every stage of life, the Israelites found out that Yahweh was enough. The great I am. And his heart is filled with awe at who he is. God's word helps us to respond to God with awe, to recognize the greatness of who he is. Um, sometimes our prayers are small because our God is small. And as we begin to learn who he is and what he can do, our prayer life changes. <laughs> Because there's an awe of God. A.W. Tozer said the most important thing about a person is what they believe about God. It's a pretty powerful statement. What you think about God will determine how you live your Christian life. How you respond to lost people. How you respond to people in the church. So many things it affects. But as you meditate on who God is, as is found in the Word of God, He'll bring an awe and a wonder to your heart as you'll be amazed by who he is. There's no God like our God. And it's amazing. And, and you know, we, we've, we've talked before about how you read through Scripture and God will show you something new as you read through a Scripture. And there's so many layers there. And God peels back those layers of the onion and shows us new things and it's just deeper and it's richer and who he is. Listen, I, I don't know, I understand more about the Lord, but I, I still think it's such a small percentage compared to who he is that uh, I've got a long way to go. Let's just put it that way. But what an amazing God that we serve. He is awesome. And uh, you look at what he has done in the past in his creation. Uh, what he has done in the process of redemption and the amazing grace that he showed in sending Jesus to die for sin and, and uh, make a way of redemption. And then the amazing future he's prepared for us. What an amazing God. So God will bring an awe to you. So be in his word so that you can, can have a right picture of who God is and be blessed by that. And it will, it will increase your faith. So he, how does God bless us? He brings hope. He brings comfort. He brings life, wisdom, joy, awe. And finally, change. He brings change. Verse 56 in my translation says, This is my practice. I obey your precepts. Literally what the Hebrew says there is, this has been for me, for your precepts I have kept. In other words, all this blessing that I've been talking about has come to me because I have listened to the word of God and obeyed it. Of course, he wasn't perfectly obedient. But the idea is I have, I have valued, I've kept this word, and it's changed my life. How could God bring change? Well, he brings change through spiritual growth. He brings change as we grow in wisdom. 
he brings change as we learn to walk in the Spirit. I mean, there's so many things that God does through His Word that He teaches us to do and teaches us about that help to bring change in our lives. But uh, His process of changing us will never end until we go to be with Christ. And uh, that's why we need to be in the Word. Because uh, that process of change is ongoing. Uh, praise Him for the change that He's brought. Uh, I remember so vividly the message that was preached on that day that the Holy Spirit said, Roger, you're lost. And it was a message preached on that, that small little verse, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. And I recognize I've not repented. I was kind of going through the motions of church, but my heart was not God's. I had not surrendered. I had not, I had not chosen to follow Him. I was living for myself. And that one little verse radically changed my life. And he's been changing my life ever since. It's the power of his word. And uh, anyway, um, so praise him, thank him for the change that he's brought, that he will bring, and be in the word of God. Uh, one of the greatest things you could ever thank God or praise God for in your prayer time is His Word. It is truly one of the best blessings, uh, aside from salvation and the families that we have, that, that, that God's ever given us. I mean, it, it, it is so amazing. Let it change your life. Praise and thank Him. Never grow tired of thanking and praising God for His amazing Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to appreciate the amazing power of your word and to thank you for what, what you do in our lives through your word. Uh, thank you for changing me uh, and helping me come to faith in Christ through your word. Thank you for the spiritual growth and encouragement and all of the things you've done in my life through your word, God. Help us uh, to honor you and worship you and meditate upon your word and uh, the way we should. And Father, if there's somebody here tonight that has not been saved, I pray that tonight would be the night they'd say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I confess you as my Lord and I receive you into my life.